take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page, Couple Synergy, or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In today's episode, we will be talking with Ann Adamitz, mentor, speaker, yoga and acupuncture practitioner. Welcome to the podcast, Ann. It's really great to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm a super fan of you guys. Always have been, always will be. Love your new podcast. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And uh, you are in Wisconsin, correct? That's correct. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison. Awesome. And you have a really great approach in in healing, which we'd love to talk to you about. Um, but before we get to that, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? How old are you? And what do you do for fun? <laughs> and what do you do for a living? Well, Ray, my age will remain a mystery because <laughs> I'm over. <laughs> and I will tell you, I am two years older than my husband and for one week, three years older than my husband, which he likes to remind me. All right. For those and of you, I, those of you who know common core math, you can uh, figure that out. Yes, 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 yes. And so he, uh, so yeah, so I live in Madison. I have a uh, practice. I used to live in Chicago where I did my training. And I got incredibly lucky to have had some of the world's best training in yoga therapy with a family called the Mohans. And they are, um, they took care of Krishnamacharya, who is the father of most of the yoga that's in the West today. Um, Iyengar studied with Krishnamacharya, a lot of people did. And um, this family took care of him for the last 20 years of his life and really had a very specific therapeutic approach to, to yoga that included the mind, that included the psychology of yoga, that included the whole person, the whole body, and breath and awarenesses. And so they also combined Ayurveda, which is the mother science of Chinese medicine. And so I studied with them for a great deal of time. And then a good friend of mine who I did my original teacher training in yoga with, um, had told me that after I finished studying with them that she was going to Chinese medicine school and that woman happens to be Jean's sister, <laughs> Sarah, who is also an acupuncturist. And she said, I'm going to go to Chinese medicine school. And I said, well, that does sound good. And I, asked, I talked to my husband about it. And I thought when I went to ask him about it, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to kill me. I just got out of yoga school and I was running a yoga studio in Chicago. But I came home, we had a long talk about it, and he's like, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I think this would make make it. I think this would round it out. This would make me. And he's like, then let's do it. 
and he's always been my my biggest supporter and strongest ally and understanding person so I did it and you know in that space I was lucky enough to work at the College of Oriental Medicine to study there and that school it's not even in that format anymore they used they were in downtown Chicago and they had the largest the only free clinic for Chinese medicine in the United States and was in a densely homeless populated area so it was completely packed like a mash unit day after day after day you know seeing hundreds of people of with everything in the book so the training that i received in chinese medicine was you know everything from all of the health issues to uh, mental health to depression to all of it and multitudes of it and 1500 hours of it so you know i just feel very fortunate that school is now it's still there they have a they move now and it's a pay per clinic and it was, so it's a much different much different opportunity there now so I, i'm glad to have had that opportunity to see what i have seen and uh connect with people and see all the emotional and the health and the psychology and all of those interweavings and learn the really deep connections between emotional health and physical health and just all the manifestations of of those things through that lens and then through the yogic lens and and the ways that they intersect and i've been now in madison for 10 years practicing um my practice is a combination of i teach some yoga classes in town at perennial yoga studio there's a amazing perennial yoga studio here it's gorgeous and then i also teach a private class in the suburb that i live in and i see clients the rest of the time for either acupuncture or a combination of acupuncturing and acupuncture and mentoring where we're discussing health plan understanding how they can organize self-care self-care is huge i work with a lot of women in leadership that are trying to um shift the way they lead to have a family and lead at the same time to find that balance to restructure their the way that they are taking care of themselves and prioritizing themselves that's a a huge aspect and my the thing that i really enjoy most now is that i like to work with women in leadership to help make it easy for women and other families and men to have a balanced lifestyle to change the way that the workplace is so that we are all able to have a balanced lifestyle to care for our kids and not take up all our sick time to have a flexible life and schedule So that's my passion now is to really help women in leadership take what I have learned and so you don't have to go to Chinese medicine school you don't have to go to yoga school and distill it down to change the way that women are leading right now in with more of like a feminine leadership style which is nurturing which is inclusion which is love which is caring for one another delegation that that's really fascinating and that's really exciting you know the work that you're doing and very empowering I imagine. You, you know the yeah. you know yoga I think has uh, become very mainstream and you know I I'd, I'd really like actually if you can uh, explain a little bit of the difference because I think some people might have the uh, misconception that yoga is just kind of like a workout or something, right? But you're yeah. what you're talking well, about yoga is really more from like a healing standpoint. Yeah, because yoga is a complete system. It's an eight they call it the eightfold path so it's uh, it's it's right words it's right actions it's right breathing and it's all it's all like hey basically if you just throw all yoga down it's like hey 
these actions lead you to more peaceful lifestyle and these actions lead to more chaos. And so it's all the same universal truths, but it's a neatly packaged without any dogma, just a really clear distillation of how to cliff notes on how to lead a sane, peaceful lifestyle. And, you know, it's like you practice chaos, it's you get more chaos. And these are the practices that they say calm the mind that you know, austerity, things that the, the more clear you are with your speech, the more careful you are with your life, the more intentional you are, those are the things that create more of a peaceful lifestyle. And it's just laid out in simple tools. Um, when I first got into yoga, though, I did the gateway drug is to make it a make it a, a really exciting, you know, workout class, because so many people can't go to, you know, a meditation class straight out of corporate America because their mind is racing. They don't have that. It just seems like an impossible task. But the physical practice is really made to help you calm your mind, to help you focus and to help you align with who you are and what your ultimate goal is. And I think the first classes that I went to were like Bikram, 90, you know, 105 degrees, 90 minutes, postures and just go to town. But I needed that at that time because I needed to chop down to size. Like I couldn't eat. My mind was so racy and I was in my 20s and that's might have been an appropriate yoga at that time. Now, as I'm older and um, and I am at a place in life where I, I have enough rigor and racing things in my life that I need to slow down to balance things out. I don't need to push harder. I don't need to charge. I don't need to, you know, intensify. The style of yoga that I'm really passionate about is just the, eight, the traditional eight limbs and in a therapeutic style because most people that I see have some type of injury or they have some kind of tension in some place. And so it needs to be more of a systematic relaxation. And then I always weave in uh, what they call a Dharma talk or a discussion about how you take these peaceful practices off the mat and work with it, work with relationships. And then I do a class, a yoga class, which is very mindful movement breath. It's, it's like a moving meditation. Then at the end of class, we always do an actual meditation so that you're progressively calming the mind and body down. And then you're more apt and able to just experience meditation for what it really should be, which is just a settling of the mind so that you can think clearly and not just chase thoughts around in the mind all day. You know, most couples that come in for work come in because they what they say is it's a communication problem. And the communication yep. problem has really nothing to do with vocabulary. It has to do with that <laughs> reptilian part of our brain running the show. And it's just very, very reactive. And until you can calm that piece down, you can't really access your own emotion. And emotions are the language of love and connection. And so, that's right. you know, even trying to talk to some people and have them identify their emotions, they can't do it. They're really stuck. And then we'll have yeah. them close their eyes and you close your eyes and your physical body and your emotional body is the same place and they start to, mm -hmm. to touch something. So I think the work that you're doing is really important in terms of learning about who you are, but it takes that slowing down to allow those feelings to come up and then you can relate to other people. You're, you're right about that, Gene. And it, it's, um, you know, there are so many layers of that, but I find that mind-body connection is the quickest way to get to this. Um, you know, the 
in yoga, my teachers used to say, if you mind yoga down and like, you know, instead of trying to go to all these classes and all that, and, and you just want to find your teacher, but the, the real practice is let go. And it's not let go of your control over yourself or just forget my marriage or forget my life. It's let go over the ten- let go of the tension you have with what's going on. The resistance. Because there's something deeper there and, and your tension, your resistance to what's happening. You know, the definition of stress is the tension between between um, you and the outside circumstance. And so you can't change outside circumstance. That's going to be rising up and passing away. Right after that outside circumstance, another outside circumstance. And the beauty of that is that it's all temporary. It's rising up and passing away. But what you can do have amazing control over, and it's a practice, so it's not always and it's not 100% right out the gate, but you have this ability to release your resistance to what's happening so that you can learn from what's happening and not just fight the lesson. You know, Ram Das is a famous yogi, Harvard psychologist that turned yogi. And he used to say that a teacher of his used to tell him, you're in the classroom now, you're in the classroom of life. Why don't you try taking the curriculum? And it's not like, you know, you know, you want to fight the curriculum. I don't want it this. I don't like this. I'm sick of this. But inside of that, there's a reason there. And if we can dissolve that resistance to what's happening and sit with it, it's got a lot of information for us there and a lot of healing opportunity that the reason that it's showing up. Absolutely. And that resistance is usually tied to something painful that you've been ignoring. And I think that's why it's so hard to get to that point of releasing it. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> I mean, we protect ourselves from pain, you know, we're, we're pleasure seeking and pain avoidant yep. and nobody wants to go there. I just had a client the other day and, and all I asked her was, you know, wh- where is it in your body? And she felt it. And then I asked her about if she felt any resistance and she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, um, what if you just dissolved your resistance to it? And she said, oh my gosh, I just thought that it was always going to be there and there's nothing I could do. And now I'm like thinking, well, wait a second. I'm just, I, 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 there's something I can do. And, you know, that deeper work is with a therapist and connecting to the body is where, what, where yoga comes in and where you can just be like, wait a second, I have so, there's nothing to be afraid of. My body's okay. My body's helping me. And if I can connect to it and listen to it, it's got a lot of information there for me and it can be an empowering experience. I, I think that's a really important point there because you know, a lot of times people come and work with us and they think that the work is really just up here, up in your head, right? Or even connecting with your heart, but then they don't connect with the other pieces, right? Their own spirituality and their own physical body. And if they don't figure this out here in that connection, then they just manifest all that tension, anger, pain in their body. And it comes out in, in these physical you know maladies and and yeah. i think that that you know connection that that you you bring uh and the work that you do is it's extremely essential now do you do you see men doing it also right because i mean from what my perspective i see men being you know pretty resistive you know when i'm working with the guys um and i could see them kind of being resistive too to try to integrate everything well you have a, that's a really important thing because, you know, part of me, because I am really interested in women and in working with women, and that's my natural clientele. 
I have a husband and I'm raising a son. And so, you know, I, and I have male clients also that I do mentoring with. And it's like, I think that there's a female and a male component of every person. We all have testosterone, you know, we all have the, the, all of these hormones, but um, it's more of a balancing those two aspects of the body. And I think, you know, what, what you're talking about too is like, giving permission because I, a lot of the women I work with are so mad at the men in their life. You know what I mean? Their anger, anger is everywhere and that inevitably pops up. But what I talk about when I talk about emotional health, because in Chinese medicine, it's a really important part of your health is your emotional state. So we talk about the emotions, we talk about that. And what I talk a lot about with that is um, that, you know, to be really aware that it's not culturally in our world at this time appropriate, not appropriate, but it's not culturally accepted for men to be the spiritual, emotional head of the household. It's very much more the woman that is allowed or, or usually does that type of work. They're the ones that that go to counseling. It seems like they're the ones that can go to yoga class. Yoga classes are predominantly women, but we all, in order to, you know, get this, this um, understanding, we're trying to balance the male and female part of our lives. And Men, it's, men are allowed to be nurturing. Men are allowed to transform and understand themselves and be connected to body and not just provide and work. So that's a really important point and not my wheelhouse particularly and exactly where I work often, but it's something that I think about quite often that it's really important to, you know, Brene Brown did a really awesome talk about vulnerability. And after after her talk, a man came up and said, you know, I really love your talk about vulnerability, but I got three women back there that will would be really upset if I came in and started crying and wasn't the like anchor of this house and the sturdiness of this house. And she said she really had to sit back and think about that for days. You know, are we really allowing that from men? Am I really giving them the space to be that? And so I think what you just brought up is really important and that that connection to body is a really good way to experience that resistance for men and to really start that process. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really awesome point. You know, I feel, you know, being in a relationship with you, that when you are more vulnerable, I feel much closer to you. I don't see you as someone who I can't depend on because you have emotion, I feel I reached a depth of connection with you Mm -hmm. because you shared things with me. And I think it's really awesome. And, you know, we interviewed a couple that he's a stay-at-home dad and she's the breadwinner in their family. And they have two little boys. And, you know, it's really a thing that I think is changing in our culture to some degree that, you know, men are getting beyond just the emotions of anger and vengeance, Mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully getting there. But I think for, for men, the gateway is going to be their female partner. That's what you just did, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what you just did right there, Gene was like, (laughs) I, it just brought tears to my eyes. Like if just me hearing you say that to him is like, it's just like a salve to like a wound. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I think men are challenged these days to redefine uh, what emotions are and what vulnerability is, right? Because it's not yeah. necessarily something that denotes weakness, but it's something that can actually show strength, right? And it's that right. balance between the masculine and feminine energies within a couple that, that I think really, you know, opens the door for a greater potential in their relationship. Right. 
no you're no you're right connection is the heart of it it's the authenticity because vulnerability really is authenticity it's like you saying you know i'm not putting on a mask or i'm not pretending to be something i'm telling you who i am and that makes it so much easier to communicate like you said connection is communication is really essentially code for connection or dis or disconnection or where the disconnect is of, of the connection i'm trying to make and that's what yoga is about is about union, you know, union with your body and your mind and your spirit. Not my mind is over here. My, I don't even know what's going on in my body and my spirit. Well, you know, I see a lot of people who mark spirituality as like, uh, you know, poor. And then I'll say, well, what's, what do you mean by that? And I'll say, well, I don't go to church. And the, all the yogi teachings that I was, the one that I originally started at, the one where I met Sarah was, um, there was, you know, all of these yogis lined up and Jesus was in the lineage. And I go, well, I grew up Catholic. So I was like, well, Jesus is in the lineage of yogis. How's that? You know, and they said, well, he appeared to one of the other yogis and said, I want you to go to America and teach people meditation because it's a direct line of connection to source, to who, to, to me, to spirituality, to your higher self. And I want you to teach them to feel it and to connect with it every day. And that has always been my guiding light for connection with myself and with other people. Because if I have that kind of awareness of myself, then I'm more apt to witness it with other people and cut through the behaviors that are masking the symptoms of disconnection, you know, that are, that are causing us all these problems. If you can cut right through and get to that light in that other person, then that's, you know, what it's about. You know, I think something that's really important too is that we we need to think about emotions and about safety. You know, and yeah. and if you are with people you don't know and it's like having on a a winter coat, hat and gloves and you shouldn't expose yourself. You know, it's not safe. Right. But that's the people right. that get to see you in your underwear or naked, those are the people <laughs> you should be more vulnerable with and sharing with. And if you keep showing up in your winter coat with someone that you're trying to be emotionally connected to and vulnerable with, it's going to erode the relationship. And I think, I think meditation helps take those layers away. You are a fellow Vipassana survivor, (laughs) you know, (laughs) survivor, survivor. Yeah. Two times. I just did it. I just did it um, last year. Awesome. Yeah. So did again, Ray, Ray, which was Ray, a Ray, very Ray, different Ray. experience than the first time. Let me tell you. Mm, I bet. I did it last year too. <laughs> when did you do it? You, you did. I did it in. Um, I did it in. Was it Jan? Uh, January. The la- the first time I did it was in the summer. Not the time to be at Vipassana. That's you what I did it. Dead winter. With nothing <laughs> else going on. I, I did it in, over July fourth. Yeah. Oh yeah, how'd you, yeah. What'd you think? The mosquitoes were terrible. <laughs> I know, and then there's always that fly that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vipassana tales. We should do a whole show on the Vipassana. Right. Exactly. Right. But that is a a really awesome tool to use to help you get oh. more connected to yourself. Oh, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. when you sit through your emotional pain and then it translates to your hip and you're like, Oh, I thought that was just hip pain. Oh no, it's my, it's my, all my pain is actually, (laughs) it starts in the mind. And then I am the, I'm the, I, I'm in control of it. And it's, I'm the rise, I'm the riser and I'm the destroyer of my mental pain. Unreal. Yeah. 
But I have so many people to blame. I have so many people to blame. What do I do with all that? Because we see out. We don't see in. You know, when we when we look, we're looking out and we think it's them. It's all oh, those people in our yeah. shadow that were like, oh, they're yeah. doing it to me. When you close your eyes, ooh, now you're looking in. It's right. not and your like, partner. That's my... It's not, it's not your part, but you know what? They're the mirror and you're just like, stop doing that. I've got to live with you. I can't take this another thing. And I'm just, I'm just outward, outward, outward. I'm not like, wait a second. What can I do here? What, you know, what, what control do I have in this situation? And otherwise it's just like a never ending back and forth cycle. It could go on for eternity. Yeah. Well, in January, we're going to be starting an online spiritual community to teach concepts like this and to do live meditation weekly. So maybe we'll bring you back as a teacher. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you found that intersection between um, acupuncture and yoga. And I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that, but kind of what, yep. what you found. Well, you know, the beauty of the yoga therapy is like, it's this holistic approach and you're, you're, you're looking at the foundation, you're looking at the physical manifestation of what's going on. You're looking at body structure. You're, you're looking at mental awareness and, and you're just getting this whole picture of the person. And so many people come to me and they're in so much pain, mental, physical, spiritual, and, and most of all stress, they are so tight that, um, when I used to, when I, the way I started was through yoga therapy and we would start and I'd have them breathe and we'd do that work, but there would be so many blocks that it, it would be good, but they just weren't getting enough relief to be able to see quite, to have that transformational moment of like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. And then when I, um, when I would combine the two and even just do post-traumatic stress, just do ear treatment, it would calm the nervous system. And in a way that sometimes when people are first sitting down and they're trying meditation, they can actually engage the nervous system because they're like, am I doing it right? Is this, what is this? This is hard. Um, and so they might not be able to have the level of relaxation and letting go that they do with the acupuncture, or they just have some pain in the body, or they have, you know, back pain, neck pain, tension. And the tools of acupuncture helped me you know, release some of that pressure. It's like releasing the valve so that there was room for them to even think about going forward. And then the tools of yoga, helping them breathe, giving them some practices would keep them feeling better longer outside of there. Or they came in with this big, you know, struggle issue with stress. They're just angry. They were so angry. And then you're letting them know, hey, anger, anger is not the worst thing. It's a protection mechanism. But what can you do? Because yoga is all about what you, that you only have control over yourself and, and you have sovereignty here. So how can you align yourself with the goal? And in yoga, the goal is the same goal. It never changes. I've been teaching yoga for 20 years and the goal has never changed. And I have people who have been coming to my class for that long and they're like, it just, it's so fresh every time. And the predicaments are really different, but the goal and what we're all trying to do is the same is just feel peaceful with ourselves at the end of the day and feel okay and feel whole. And that's the same goal that you started with in the morning. And then you got, you resisted here and you were angry here and you're just trying to protect yourself here. And now you're acting from all of those places and creating more chaos and stress. So the practice of yoga is just coming home 
to know who you are, what your goal is, taking a time every day to practice that. And I do it right when I wake up in the morning. That's my practice because I don't want to spend a minute not aligned. I don't want to get out there and get all the way out there and then have to come all the way back. So I spend like this morning when I woke up, I just lay in bed and I, I put on a first alarm and a second alarm. First alarm is, is 15 minutes from the second. And I start with my feet and I feel my feet and I breathe and I do the posture, right? So I'm like breathing and being inside my body. And then I watch my mind. It goes, oh, no, no, we got to do this. Oh, God, we got to be here. Oh, God, we got to stop this from happening. Anxiety, fear, doubt. And then I just breathe myself back in the body and go, okay, I, the goal is peace. I'm breathing in peace and I'm breathing out anxiety, doubt, and fear. And I'm just going to align because every thought, word, and action is aligned with peace. That's the goal. That's the way you get there. And everything else is just reactionary. Everything else is off offline. It's going to take me a long time to get back if I spend a lot of time in those other places. So that's so that's how I kind of marry the two. It's the relief from the acupuncture and the, and the overall balancing of the body and a lot of coming out of sympathetic nervous system and coming into parasympathetic nervous system where you can even hear and then adding in those tools of like how to stay centered just simple things it doesn't have to be an hour of meditation and yoga every day it can be waking up and doing a meditation in bed it can be three or four postures that work with your tension in your neck it can be all day working with your breath it can be all day coming back to the goal there's just so many so many tools because life is the practice. It's not a separate practice. The, the, the on the mat practice is preparing yourself for light for the practice of life, but I it's like not, a, it's yeah. not separate. I, I like that, that mm -hmm. phrase there. Right. Uh, what is, what are your thoughts about couples doing this work together? Well, you know how this goes. Um, I would say you guys would tell you would have, be a better gauge of this. You know, I'll use us as an example. Um, we, I do yoga and I have to work at being calm and peaceful. Neil is calm and peaceful and he doesn't, he doesn't have to do the same style. And that doesn't, that isn't the exact thing that brings him peace. He is naturally this way. This is how he thinks. He thinks, let it go. He thinks you can't control that. I, that is not my upbringing. That is not my style. I am a type A control, recovering control freak, freak. <laughs> and so letting go is a very intentional decision every day. And for him, it's the way he is. So for him, the action um, that he is, that he works with is fishing and taking personal time for himself. You know, we worked with you guys, which was a life defining moment. And I have to say this, um, one of the things I still teach that I learned from you guys, um, Jean, you had us do, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is so, so great. She had, uh, she put up a big picture and it was a picture of a, a mountain scene with a, with a little cabin and this stream that ran in front of it. And this little cabin had a little smoke coming from it. And she said, I want you guys to write for five minutes about this, this cabin, each in your own, in your own words. So I wrote, you know, we wrote, 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 wrote. And then she said, okay, now I'd like you to read it. So I went first. I was like, okay. Um, this is the cabin that we get together with all of our friends. We have this amazing party. We, you know, we like, we talk all night. We just have such a wonderful time. Talk about life. We sing. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And Niels was, <clears throat> I am 
a fish in the stream in the river out in front of the cabin. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what in the hell? How am I ever? Wh what? We are not even the same species. Like, how are we ever? I mean, you are a fish. You're not even in the cabin. So, like, it was just, it was a pivotal moment in my understanding of, uh, you know, that each person, and that's the beauty of Chinese medicine, that's the beauty of yoga, each person has their inherent gifts, their inherent way of understanding the world. And those can be so, so polar. They can be male, they can be female, they can be Republican, they can be Democrat, they can be all kinds of stuff. But the thing that's inherent, that's the sameness of us is that unlimited potential, that center of soul, that, that um, light for for lack of uh, any way that you could possibly put it into words and that you know that searching for connection and peace between us unless you have some really severe you know mental ill illnesses that that's what people are trying to do you know why we're fighting each other is because we're not you're not connecting with me enough <laughs> it's like oh wait a second um there's got to be you know, we got to strip that down a little bit. I like. got to remember who we are. I, I like the point that you're making here, and yes, it's it's kind of like, you know, to sum it up, it's you have to find that self acceptance first. You have to understand yeah. your own perspective and, you know, what your purpose and meaning is before you can find that balance point with a partner, right? And you know, I I think some people they they look up like partner yoga out there, you know, and, and they try to drag their spouse to it. And, you know, it's like <laughs> trying to find that balance point physically is very difficult, but finding that balance point emotionally and spiritually with a partner is, is 10 times harder. You know, I, I'm so glad you're saying that this is a fun conversation, by the way, because <laughs> we, this is like a lot of, I can, it's, it's a lot of our personal work and professional work and everything coming together right now. So I hope yeah. people are listening to this because these are some gems in here. I'm telling you, um, I'm going to tell you, I, there was a point because we were married by a Swami that was part of my first yoga teacher training, Swami Ed. And, um, there was a point when I called him and I was like, you know what, Ed, I'm done. I am done and I just want to work on myself and my spiritual practice. I'm the only one working on that right now. Do you know how much I hear that, by the way, nowadays? So I'm so glad this moment happened to me. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just done. I'm done. I can't do another day. And he, and he said to me, oh, that's interesting. What if he is your spiritual practice? Ooh. Yeah. I was like, hmm. Ed, once again, Ed. <laughs> and he talked a lot about mirror like those behaviors being a mirror and what are the contributing factors and what are you in control of and what, you know, what work are you really doing, you know, and, and how is this, you know, it just, it was mind blowing. Another one of those moments where you're like, wake up call, you know, wake up call. I really feel that the highest form of spiritual development is a relationship. It, it is. And people, someone said in my yoga class yesterday, Oh, I, I'm not going to be in a relationship anymore. I'm not doing that. I go, that is a, that's a valid choice right there. That's a valid mm -hmm. choice, but don't neglect the fact that being in a relationship is hard spiritual work too. Yep. It absolutely is. I think it's the hardest thing we'll ever have to do. Any of us. <laughs> I know. <but laughs> we just keep choosing it. I tell you. So, and if someone wanted to get, get a hold of you and do some work with you, um, what's the best way to do that? 
Well, you can go to my website, anadamitz.com and I do mentorship which is over the phone and you know like people who come to me are really looking to develop a self-care plan they're looking to find time for themselves to figure out a strategy to do that they're where the difference between what I'm doing and what is psychological and what you guys are doing is you know, I'm meeting people where they are and giving them strategies to move forward. You know, what I don't do is go back in the past or try to start that out, which is incredible, important work. And it, it and I've done a lot of that myself. That's not what I do. What I do is I meet you where you're at. Like a lot of people call me because they're really stressed out and they just like don't know how to take the next right step forward. And so some of it's, you know, learning, a, getting a breathing strategy going, getting a guided meditation, that first part of the day aligned. Some of it is um, guided. I, I do a lot of guided meditation with people because there are some amazing guided meditations who can, that can reveal to you who you are it, and you, and all it's not telling you anything. All it's doing is peeling back layers and then you see it. And when you witness that, it's just like, I've had so many people say like, uh, Okay, got it. I just wasn't slowing down enough to get connected to it. And that's a very experiential thing. Remember at Vipassana that the truth is not your truth until you've experienced it. So I feel like that's a big um, piece of the work that I do is that there's somewhere you can feel it. Because how do you know if you're sick? You, you don't feel good. So how do you know when you're well? Is that you feel good and you should feel good, you know? And so it's the steps to take to get there. So I do mentoring like that. If you're in the Madison area, one-on-ones. And I got a retreat coming up in February Ooh. for women leaders. Um, there's an amazing new building in Madison that has a spa, the yoga studio that I teach at. It's in dairy-free, or, you know, vegan, um, gluten-free, sugar-free cafe in it with that is amazing. And it's just a beautiful spot. And so we're doing a retreat here talking about those women leadership roles and how to have, how to develop self-care for yourself and other people. So it's a lot of going, a lot of things going on, but I would love to work with anybody who's really needs that particular type of assistance. And I know as women, we, we need to help each other and lift each other up. And so I'm definitely here for that. That sounds awesome. So everyone out there, anadamitz.com, if you want to get in touch with her and, you know, look up the, uh, workshop retreat that you have coming up in February, right? Yeah. Well, I really cannot thank you enough. I love, I always love talking with you too, but this has been really cool just to hear where you're coming from. And I love your podcast. I really appreciate you asking me to be here with you. I'm so glad you said yes. It's been really fun having you on the show. <laughs> Thanks. We want to wholeheartedly thank you, our listeners, for joining us today, listening to Couple Synergy. And uh, please look up Anne Adamus. She's doing some really great work out there. You can find the spelling in our show notes. Right. We'll definitely yeah. put uh, the link in our show notes. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. For all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on iTunes. I think it's Apple Podcasts now. We would really appreciate that. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, uh, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. 
And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.